You're listening to the Bleak and Review Podcast. Who is that? Quarantine quickies. Quarantine quickies. If you listen right now, it's like you're right here with me. Bleak and Review with the quarantine kickies. Post up on your couch and watch little Nikki take a load off and wash your hands. Cause Kevin doesn't have a whole lot planned. It's quarantine quickies. Quarantine quickies. Don't go outside cause it's gross and icky. Hello, and once again, welcome to the Bleak and Review podcast, complete with new artwork, I hope. Hopefully that worked. Uh, we're, we're in the process of transitioning to a new hosting service, and so we'll see if the new artwork kicks in at the correct time. If not, just imagine cool artwork, and that's what it looks like. Or, you know, I posted it on all the social media stuff. It's one of my sneaky non-political posts that I've been doing a few of here and there, even though it feels disingenuous to do so. I'm Kevin Anderson, by the way, and I'm incredibly well-rested, finally, after earlier this week, having not slept for 48 hours in a row. Haven't done that in a while, maybe ever. I don't know if I've ever, even when I was like at my worst with doing a bunch of cocaine in like 2015, I still feel like I never stayed up for two days. I know that one time I did a bunch of cocaine and realized I had to work the next morning and tried to power through the night by doing more cocaine and just not sleeping. I was like, well, I'll just go through and I'll be energetic for the whole time. And so I'll just go to work. And then when I get home from work, I'll sleep, which is a great theory on paper. Uh, turns out about 1 p.m. I almost fell asleep sitting up in my desk and I said, oh, I'm sick. I have to go home. <laughs> that might be one of the, the most bold things I've done in the uh, world of employment. I'm always like very scared to upset an employer, but that job, I, I definitely, they treated me pretty poorly. So I, I fucked around a lot. I remember I, I told them I had to leave once because I was having a panic attack. And the reality was I was going to do a show in Vegas. <laughs> I was going to be there overnight. It was like Friday. And then I was just like, I'm going to go. And they were trying. They were they, My supervisor at the time knew I was full of shit. But I was just like, well, I'm just going to stick to my guns on this because I already am supposed to drive two people to this show in Vegas. And I didn't uh, plan this well in advance. I didn't call off sick in advance. So I was like, I can't back off from this. So I just kept lying and saying I was having a panic attack and I could tell he couldn't believe me. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, but I've had them before. And just cause I'm not having one right now, I don't like how you don't believe that I have one. <laughs> cause honestly, like if I did have an actual panic attack at work and I was met with such resistance, uh, that would suck. I've had panic attacks that have caused me to vomit for no reason. Maybe if I threw up on his desk, he would have let me go. This is going to be a very short intro. I'm not very focused. I just went on a long walk with friend of the show, Nadav Fleischer. I'm a little tired. Got my steps in, a little sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy, etc. cetera. Uh, I will say in this short intro here, before we get into it, because I have a guest on this episode. We haven't had guests in the last couple of weeks. I haven't felt motivated enough to plan things in advance that far. But uh, Ronald Metellus will be on the show later, a former stand-up comedian, current contributor and writer at The Onion, f famed satire publication, The Onion. Maybe you've heard of it. He's on a little later. We did a, he's in Philadelphia right now. I'm in California. We had a nice cross-continental chat. But before we get to that, I'll just get into, uh, I don't know, didn't, this week is mostly uneventful. The big thing is I had uh, the defund the police conversation with my brother, which if you listen to the last week's episode, I was positing that he might not receive that very well. And it was a little heated. It, was, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't like angry. We weren't screaming at each other or anything, but we definitely had opposing viewpoints and it got a little intense for a moment, but we had a civil discussion about it. And it's a weird thing of, uh, that I'm starting to have, like I had this conversation with my mom and then me and my brother talked about it and I'm realizing that I almost never talk about 
stuff like this with my family. <laughs> like it's always usually kind of frivolous personal stuff like, oh yeah, I got this job. And then, you know, with my brother, it's always like, what video games are you playing? And, and here's something I thought was funny because he's a funny guy, you know, he gets comedy. And this is like kind of the first time we've had like an intense political discussion, I think, and like maybe ever. And it wasn't like he's racist or anything. <laughs> That's, I don't want people thinking that. He's very smart and, and knows, he like knows everything. He knows way more than me about a lot of stuff. Like he knows that most crime comes from income inequality. Like he's not, he's not sitting there going like, oh, well, black people just happen to steal more. Like he doesn't, he's not one of those people that think that like, black, would try to throw black on black crime statistics at you to like prove a point. I just think that where we differ is like where I am. I see the police as a much bigger threat because I live in an urban community. He lives in like the woods in North Carolina. I live in Los Angeles and I'm also in comedy and I am on all social medias all the time and I have access and I like am forcing, I force myself into a sphere where a lot of voices of people who are not white people are heard more often. And I, I, I read a lot of stuff and I see a lot of firsthand accounts and I hear a lot more stories. So I think it's just, it was a thing of the, the main disconnect comes from, uh, that is that that is not as common in his day to day as it is for me. And so I feel like, I feel like we got, we get, we made a lot of progress and I felt good about it. I was scared at first. Cause I was just like, ah, is this, is this, is this going to be like a big thing? And then it wasn't. So if you're having those feelings about talking to your family about this kind of stuff, maybe, I mean, maybe it is scarier for you. Who knows? My family's pretty reasonable for the most part. If you have that like crazy, like backwoods NRA, like don't tread on me, racist people in your family, you probably won't be able to have a civil discussion like me and my brother did. But you know, if you got some people that maybe you just don't have that relationship with and you're like scared to voice political opinions, like if they love you and if they're intelligent and, and, and compassionate and willing to listen, like you can have those discussions. They might be a little uncomfortable, but you can do it. And I believe in you. <laughs> then later that day to, to calm down, I took acid, of course, <laughs> took some acid and I uh, got to the point in my, uh, in my like unraveling of everything that I've been obsessing over and, and talking about for the last couple of weeks where I landed on, uh, <laughs> how money isn't real. <laughs> it's cause you know, like one of the things that people are talking about a lot is like, you know, we're trying, people want to reopen. Trump just decided that the federal government's not going to fund testing anymore. And like, we're going to see way more cases of COVID-19. Uh, we've already experienced that LA is, on very high alert right now. Uh, and people are still like, but I don't want to wear a mask though. Me like that still persists. And then, you know, some people will, sometimes they're devil devil's advocate people who are just being dukes, douchebags, or sometimes this is what they genuinely believe, but they're like, well, you know, we have to, we have to get the economy up and running. Otherwise, you know, everything's going to get worse. And, and this is, it's like, okay, yes, the economy when weighed against human life, I mean, human life trumps economy. <laughs> and that is not a human life, comma, trumps economy. That's not what it is. That's not it at all. Uh, it beats it. It's, it's more important to me. And then you might hear the argument that, uh, well, the economy sustains human life because money makes the world go round, blah, blah, blah. People need to eat. And that is valid until you think about the fact that the country on a national level is trillions of dollars in debt and there's no plan to change that. And the federal government can keep printing money and hand it to like corporations or whatever they want anytime. So at a certain point, money has no inherent value. And so to say that we need to put people at risk to go back to work, to stimulate the economy. And that's the only way we can do it instead of just continuing to print this shit that doesn't mean anything. It's, it's a very like high concept, like I, it's a very acidy thought for sure. And it seems radical, I guess, but it's also like kind of hard to disprove. Like <laughs> it's kind of hard to argue against that, I think, because money was created 
to make sense of society. You know, before that it was trading. It was, I'll give you some beaver pelts. You give me like soup or whatever. And then after that, you know, we kind of came up with the system and we're so ingrained in the system that we can't imagine any type of society where money isn't the backbone of all of it. But then you hear things like the trillion dollar national debt and you go, well, then what the fuck is any of it? If we don't have, if we have negative trillion dollars as a country, but like the economy is strong and the federal government can provide money to bail out corporations or stimulate the economy if they wanted to, but they only choose to do it ever so selectively, then what the fuck are we talking about? I don't have an answer. Uh, and it doesn't make me feel better. I don't feel like I win an argument when I bring that up, but I do think uh, that's worth thinking about, you know? A lot of people will tend to put the economy over human life, and um, when you break it down to its core elements, the economy is just a big house of cards. It's a big house of cards, like that Netflix show with the pedophile. <laughs> but that's going to do it for this intro. I don't really have much to say, and again, I'm tired. And this conversation coming up here with my guest, Ronald Metellus, is very fun. And I think we're going to just jump right into that. By the way, there's no uh, uh, silly ad this week again. Um, I'm sure eventually I'll feel okay with putting silly cartoonish ads in the, the show again. But right now, I just doesn't feel tonally where I want to be. So I'm just going to, once again, push everybody to check out the episode description of this episode and, uh, you know, donate to stuff for good causes. There'll be more information there. I'm tired. Let's just get into the episode. The rumored COVID check. <laughs> yeah, this is this is that fucking liberal conspiracy test where you do a podcast over the internet and it tells you if you have a virus or not, and then you give money to Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, man? You know, I'm okay. I'm all right. Yeah, you're in uh, Philly right now? Yeah, so I've been in Philly for, um, I guess, like 10 days or so. Oh, shit. So you traveled uh, You traveled during the, the madness, the troubles. I drove, yeah. And I've, I've driven from Philly to Chicago a bunch of times. My car um, had the most trouble, I think, that it's ever had. <laughs> it may, I've been having car trouble in general, but it was like very, it was like, wow, my fan is... I have a hybrid, and it's like my my fan is so loud; it feels like I'm driving a lawnmower right now. <laughs> oh man, it's just like it's just like, hey, you know what? We should add to the the plight of a black man in America right now. Let's make his car shitty too. Like let's let's do <laughs> let's have all of it, every single thing that could possibly go wrong. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's mad frustrating. Yeah, because it's I'm at the. Like you have an older, or you at least you had an older car when I was in LA. Yeah, I still have um, that that 2000 Camry. Yeah. So I've got the 2008, which is 13 years old now, and it's getting to that point when you get you get these estimates back, and you're just like, I couldn't sell the car for this much. No, not at all. Yeah, you, you get like they're like, oh, we have to replace everything inside the car except the windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's gonna like it'll take 20 minutes it costs fifty thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> and we, what? basically we're going to sell you a a different car but it's still gonna look like an old shitty car <laughs> uh, it's 13 yeah. years old now i mean it'll, hopefully crystalia doesn't try to bang it <laughs> 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 not i mean <laughs> that's yeah. That's what's what's wrong with my car is I'm getting interference from Crystalia. <laughs> <laughs> your so what your car your 2008 car like you got it and then like it skyrocketed to success because the manufacturers were rich and they didn't really have to work to be a good car and uh, <laughs> they just kind of got Netflix specials and then tried to fuck newer models. <laughs> 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 yeah, like my car, yeah, my car uh <laughs> my car uh triggered a $5,000 donation from Neil Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> D 
dude. Fuck, I talked about I talked a lot of shit about him last week on the podcast, but fuck Neil Brennan, dude. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will. Not- I will not take your car to the shop unless you prove to me that somebody slashed your tires. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, I, I I listen to his podcast. I'm actually a you know a big a pretty big fan. I would say, no, but yeah, then you, totally. You see these like the last couple of months on Twitter. I'm just like, oh man, dude. Yeah, it's really uh, this whole get, like get involved. You're sorry. Yeah, like like I think somebody uh, on my thread made the I think it was a comic named Kevin Monroe, very funny guy out here in L.A. Uh, he said uh, he had three options here. One, nothing. Do nothing. Two, uh, just say I believe women. Three, this wild ass shit. <laughs> and he went with door number three. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's uh Whew, not, not I wouldn't I would not advise that and then on the pod on his podcast the other day um his co-host was just like yeah, I told you not to send that tweet <laughs> it's like bro yeah. everything in the world is trying to get you to not cancel yourself the, imagine imagine that it was vetted can you imagine that that it, <laughs> that it wasn't off the top it was just like I'm just gonna fire this He's like, I went through, I went through, this went through all the proper channels. It went through channels. It went through like loved ones, people that people that you trust are just like, yeah, I'd pro- I, pro- I probably wouldn't, but you, you know, you do you. Neil, why don't you go make a juice or something? <laughs> you don't have to do this right now. I think that's a big thing that uh, I'm noticing, at least in the Twitter sphere and everything is like, because of how like crazy everything is like you're starting to see what people are really like <laughs> more often you know what i mean like because the, they had they don't have those filters that they would normally like common sense would be like oh i shouldn't do this so like nah fuck it man i'm gonna be my raw self and then just like ooh, sometimes you don't like the results yeah yeah um i mean that's uh yeah i mean that's the thing too because there's a lot it's not just um it's not just I'm going to put, it's a lot of like, I'm going to tweet, I'm going to reply to like six people, I'm going to add an amendment to my deleted tweet. Right, it's right, right. A lo- it's just so much, it's a lot of, um, you know, it's like uh, a lot of artists, I think, or creative types, like they, 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 they don't want to be misunderstood. Right. And they also want. Like they also have to say something all the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so it's a co- it's a combination. Yeah. And I, you know what? That's um. I think that. I think we're seeing like the extent to which like the podcast podcasting is now backfiring on people, or like the culture of podcasting is backfiring on people. Because there's, you know, in a podcast, you're just like, you're talking for two hours unfettered. (laughs) And, and the, and the implication is that like, I should be able to allow to have a comment on anything. And the last couple of weeks, it's it's just been like, uh, J Cole doing a song about how no name tweeted about him. And I'm just like, dude, we don't need to hear, we don't need to hear a podcast. Oh yeah. J J Cole got it. J Cole got in big trouble. Um, oh, I can't believe I missed this. It's because we haven't talked in so long. <laughs> yeah, Jake Jake Cole's music right now is very much like like he'll it's like a podcast. He'll just he'll be rapping. Is it's like I just got out of the booth of Twenty One Savage. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like his I, whole I, rap <laughs> career is the end of Forest Hills Drive, where he's just rambling and going, "My mama." Yeah, <laughs> yo, yo, that was his last good album, uh, and <laughs> his career since then has been like, yeah. 15 minutes songs where it's like we we had the violinists in the booth of these rappers and they didn't really get along <laughs> shout out to the london philharmonic <laughs> shout out to the philharmonic it was like j cole we don't really need to hear that you <laughs> that it, hurt, it hurt your feelings when like when no name subtweeted you and that yeah, and, like and somebody you, with 14 followers <laughs> yeah i mean i mean and so you have that you have like bill simmons going on his podcast with like his his white cohorts being like we're going to talk about looting. And it's like, you can't call, <laughs> you, you can't call any of the black people, you know, to like ju- chime in on this. But it's like, no, it's like, I have, this is my space. I talk about, I talk about everything. It's I, Bill I, Simmons is like, 
Bill's up is like, you know what the world needs right now? A couple of fucking middle-aged white dudes throwing down about race relations. <laughs> yeah, they truly. Cause it's, it's so gross. There's, I mean, I, I, I think it's like, I mean, Jay Cole is like mid thirties now. Bill Simmons right. is fifty years old. Um, <laughs> Neil Brennan is like forties. There's something. I think there's something about like we got this a little bit. While, as we were growing up but like the this very like liberal idea of just like we're just starting a dialogue yeah yeah because like, like we were like, like like you're saying like ferguson and obama and all this shit we were like <laughs> coming of age around then <laughs> it's important to have these conversations and i think like that that kind of um that kind of thinking like saying 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 those kind of saying those kinds of things kind of just went unchecked for a while and I sure. think now, like the especially people that are younger than us are just like, no, it's important for you not to have this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like you, you need to figure this shit out privately, maybe for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like it's important yeah. for you to grow, but you yeah. don't have to be like, well, why don't I just posit crazy bullshit to the world and then have the world teach me uh, in a very volatile time? I, I need to, I need, I need like, it's like the, the, uh, the idea of like the, uh, what do you call it? Um, just a devil's advocate here. Like, I don't know, but you should prove to me, I'm not necessarily saying you're wrong, but you should prove to me that this is a thing worth having a conversation about. I'll sit back with my arms crossed while you do all the work and then I'll grow from it maybe, or maybe I won't. Who gives a shit? (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. It's, yes. It's the completely, yeah. It's that complete, it's that attitude. It's just like, Look, you know, I'm I'm thinking out loud. I'm talking it. I'm talking it out loud. It's like, <laughs> Yo, I'm just feeling around. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm just I, trying to feel it out, bro. I I think those. I mean, we were talking about this uh, before the podcast, but like, you know, we have our group chat, and there's definitely there's there are things that I said in the group chat that I would not want to be published, but. Sure. But I think that's the benefit of having friends and having those relationships. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just like, yeah. you know, so, something bad happens in media or in whatever, whatever the case may be. Something something happens in the news that like you're kind of conflicted on or and you you talk it out. You might say something that like you look back at it in a couple months and being like that I, that was not my that is a bad take. Absolutely. That's not how I feel about it. That's not how I feel about it with added context, but yeah, I'm, I think people should totally be allowed to, to voice, um, you know, their, their, their first, uh, their first thought ideas. Yeah. It's, but it's a weird thing when it's somebody that has such a large platform to like be riffing like that, you know, like someone like Neil Brennan or like JK Rowling, who's got like millions of followers and they're like, well, I don't really understand. Like JK Rowling's like, I don't really believe that trans people are a thing i'm just gonna wax poetically about what i think gender and sex is and then you know like that's a thing that maybe you could journal about or like talk to a therapist (laughs) about or something or maybe try to read some books but instead it's like well i'm gonna just put this out and then have like a bunch of people take it as either gospel or like hate speech and then just like not address that and just like move on to my next thing because I can just do that and throw away these fucking garbage thoughts without really thinking about it where it becomes like a cultural moment for everybody else. Yes. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's totally that it's that it's that feeling that, you know, I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to be like loud, obnoxious out loud and, (laughs) <laughs> and then and then the persecution complex comes if you get any criticism back about it. Right, right. Like like the the other one that I don't know if I talked about this one last week, but the other the other there's like the comedy store is not going to be a thing when quarantine's over, by the way. Like every comedy store comic is going to get outed <laughs> and it's just going to be over. Like it's just going to be a fucking Denny's or something. But like <laughs> like the Joey Diaz shit where it's like someone dragged up that clip of him nine years ago on the Joe Rogan show like making quote unquote jokes about how uh, he, women would blow him for like, he would make women blow him for stage time in the belly room at the store. And like, they're all laughing and having a good time about it. And like most of the people that are like store rats that were defending it are like, he was joking. Come on. And it's like, all right. But like, he was on like the biggest podcast in the world talking about how extorting sexual favors from women for career advancement is funny. Uh, so if you think that he's just like riffing and doing a bit and it's all harmless, like maybe that's just your friend and you don't want to see him trashed. <laughs> like it's gross. 
Yeah, I'm interested to see what I mean. I'm interested to see what happens to the store. Um, and yeah, I, I, I mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't go to the store a lot when I was <laughs> no. in Los Angeles. It, I saw a lot of the store dwellers out. In the yeah. Bathroom. Oh, this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just all these people that could be homeless that were like 22 and just crazy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was. That's pretty much it. Yeah. It's like skate skaters. See, oh, uh, I know exactly who you're talking about. That yeah, guy has had about. some very publicized mental breakdowns in the last few years since you've left. <laughs> um, no way. Uh, by the way, say. that was a 13-minute cold open. I just want to uh, – because I was going to touch on how we met, but I want to just say we're back on Bleak and Review. Um, edit uh, out whatever you need to. No, no, we don't. Dude, we, I'm we not can, editing we can, shit. We can, we can circle back to you. I haven't, I haven't learned. No, 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 I'm keeping all of it. I haven't learned anything. I, I'm, I'm just going to record one shot, no edits, no producer, and just <laughs> let people drag me. <laughs> they can read the goddamn description. They know my name. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they know Ronald Metellus. You've been on the show before. Who, they might know who. Yeah, I mean, I've been on the show like a couple times. So, yeah, I mean, you got you guys. You're, you're one of the king, su- subscribers. One of the original kings of content, <laughs> which is a real long reference to an episode that you can't find on the internet anymore because my Squarespace's site lapsed. <laughs> oh, and 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 all of all of the uh, all of the things that were stored on there also lapsed. Yeah, like fifty episodes of Bleak and Review, like the first fifty or so, you can't find anywhere. I have the files. If anybody wants to DM me, I could just send you the files if you want them. But uh, I had that RSS feed for a long time but since we switched hosts so many times since we started the podcast like i'm going on like the fifth host now like and now that site has lapsed because i couldn't afford it like i'm just like i guess those episodes are just gone now maybe that'll be like a patreon treat i can re-upload all of those for everybody i don't know it seems like a lot of work but (laughs) but uh (laughs) what what i was gonna say though is uh we met you're my first buddy in uh, la comedy obviously everyone knows that and if they didn't now they do uh and we met at meltdown which is a runoff uh place for a lot of store rats so like at the at nerd melt like that's where like a lot of those store people would like venture because they were in the same neighborhood and we would see like the rock paper people and the nerd melt and the store people and they were all on drugs and they're all crazy <laughs> yeah yes they yeah i mean that i mean you nailed it and and uh, I'm just thinking of the, you know, the people that I became acquainted with where, you know, I would hear stories about them being um, like harassing women or harassing uh, women comics in the scene. Right. Uh, and then it's it's all, I, f- I feel like it was always those guys that end, I mean, I, I don't want to say that, like, that, you know, there were a lot of uh, what she told me the last time I was in LA, there's just a lot of um sexual assaulters harassers creeps perverts rapists in the la comedy scene yeah it's quite an avengers team of uh... <laughs> <laughs> so i don't want to say it's confined to the store because it, no it's, not at all it, it's it's much more pervasive than that however this st- this i mean look there's a lot <laughs> the there's a lot and it's kind of got a mentality of like a well, I used to think it was like a frat, like that was the vibe. Like, and a lot of people would say that, like, oh, the comedy store is kind of a big boys' club. It's a frat. You got to like pledge your fealty as a doorman to like be considered a comic. Like, it's all very fratty and hazing. Like, but then like lately, I've been thinking of it more as like a police precinct, where it's like they all got each other's backs, even though there's just a few bad apples, and they're all complicit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's kind of how I've been thinking of it lately. I mean, hey. It's it's not it's it's not a it's not a terrible it's not a terrible analogy at all. Yeah, it seems like there's like this brotherhood there, uh, and more in the uh, uh, you know broader sense of like a unity, not just specifically male. Because I've seen like female comics come to uh, like you know Chris D'Elia's defense and Diaz's defense and stuff too. So it's it's more of just like the culture there is like no we look out for our own it's like the, it's like the thin blue laugh that separates <laughs> <laughs> episode title oh ron you haven't got to see the news i have a soundboard in the regular studio but this is just my bedroom i could have done a boop 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 there but i can't <laughs> yeah you could have dropped a real bomb but the, pe- <laughs> the people felt it <laughs> they knew they knew. they all did it at home they all did it out loud <laughs> In- internally they felt it um yeah it, i mean it's uh 
it's interesting. I mean, Joey Joey Diaz is a really beloved comics comic, right? And um, his fan base is really, um, you know, they really love him, and I think they really identify with him. Sure. So, I think that's. I think that's gonna. I mean, I think there's like a real, you know, people want to protect him, you know, because uh, bec- well, they want to protect beloved. their idea of him too. Like they want to protect yeah. it as that person. Like it's how I felt, you know, initially when I mean, like initially because I, I say initially because comics knew that Louis C.K. was a fucking creep for like two years before he was officially a creep in the press. But like that's how I felt when I first heard that shit. I was like, not not my guy. No, he can't. That can't be true. Like I was like very resistant to that idea. Uh, and then, you know, at a certain point you just kind of let go and you go, Nope. Uh, I can acknowledge that. And if, obviously I'm not equating what Diaz did to what Louis CK did. That's, they're not even in the same ballpark, but like it's indicative of the same kind of distancing you have to do mentally where you go, like I could acknowledge that this person impacted my life artistically in a lot of ways. And also simultaneously, hold the belief that they fucking suck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but exa- it's exactly that both, both, uh, both can be true, but that ripping that bandaid off is very difficult for people. Sure. And, um, you know, just from, I, I, I mean, I've been following it pretty passively. It's just tweets that I, that I see, but, um, with any, with any intra comedy war, there's always like, a question of agency as to whether who's funny enough to accuse someone else of, of like, <laughs> yes. of like misconduct and like, yeah. Oh, look at this. No name open micer dragging <laughs> yeah, this yeah. confirmed rapist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's such a, I like when, when you're, when you're defending your friend of a sex crime and you start your statement by being like, one thing you need to know about his accusers is that they're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, dude, uh, yeah, so many people about the Dalia shit, dude. The Dalia shit, like it's it goes the other way too, where people who are trying to drag Dalia are like, Andy wasn't even funny. It's like, bro, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not the point. it's, not it's like, why would you even country as the point? What if imagine applying that to any other job? Like, oh, did you hear that that uh, doctor with all the malpractice suits? Like, yeah, he also like he also had really bad bedside manner. Like, told weird jokes and stuff when he was assaulting people. <laughs> like, he was like yeah. super. He was like a dumb doctor too. But like, he was also he wasn't a great doctor, but he was for sure a rapist. But let's talk about the doctor <laughs> thing. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty like I'm pretty sensitive when it comes to when it comes to that kind of uh, that kind of tangential attack, like. I really hate, I, re- I really like, uh, I think it, as someone who's been bullied, like it really, it's very triggering to me. Like, sure. When, absolutely. When like Fetty Wap like says like all lives matter, like I have a white, half white son. And then people's response is like, oh, you have one eye. It's like, well, that's not. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> so it's like, if I have one eye now, I have to feel bad because Fetty Wap said something. Like, like, oh, I have one eye. I guess I only believe all lives matter now. I guess I have <laughs> to adopt that. I'm like him now. Yeah. Like, what is that, that shit? That stuff really pisses me off because I, I, cause you're, uh, I mean, I even get that way about like when people like, I, I mean, it's tough because I know, I think I know exactly what you're going to say, but go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's tough because it's like, I mean, I do think Republicans dress bad and have bad <laughs> hair and like have bad skin. Bad so it's jowls. Like, I, it's like I have taste, and it's like I get that they don't, or they you know, like I yeah, understand yeah, that. You, but at the but same like, that's time, that's not your go to like, thing. You can be like a pale kid with like really heavy set eyes and look like Eric Trump and be like a liberal <laughs> yeah, or, or, I didn't or a know. leftist or a socialist or whatever. Like that's like. I didn't know how to fucking yeah. wear. I didn't know how to get pants that fit until 2015, and I've been on the right side of history before that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, if you saw pictures of me back then, I got like a fucking opened, like a un- unbuttoned button up that's with a longer shirt underneath it that looks ugly, and then I got like baggy ass jeans that don't fit and like dumb shoes, and I'm like, hey, uh, I'm a fucking idiot. I don't know how to. Do- I cut my own hair. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, I. I- that's actually one of a one of the uh, th- we had this debate for like we being like the comedy scene had this debate yes. for like twelve hours mm. and it like immediately moved on to something else. But when 
the conversations around like racism in the alternative comedy community. Right. Um, I think we're well overdue. And it's just like, yeah, it's like, okay, you have like a Carhartt beanie. It doesn't it truly, it means nothing. Like it really, like it's nice that you have like taste or like that you dress like uh, you have a lot less money that you actually have or that your parents have. It's like, I mean, do whatever you want, but like, yeah, um, like having you- having good taste and like having um you know having good opinions or or, or 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 like liking the right tv shows isn't any like panacea against like being racist being sexist like whatever oh absolutely it's it's kind of how i felt on that on that note like the, the general like vibe of what you're talking about like when i was working uh painfully as the uh, social media manager for Fox nation and Fox news. Uh, I would have to comb through a lot of tweets and anytime Tommy Laren would tweet, I mean, she's a dumb idiot and she's a horrible person uh, and she shouldn't be allowed on television, but there would be so many people that were saying like gross sexist stuff and like insinuating like, like sexual violence just because they hated her so much. And like, I'm like, yo, that is not who I want on my side. Like that. There's so many things you can hate about Tommy Laren that don't involve you being a gross fucking dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And I, and, and around the, the, like the, the Roger L stuff where it's just like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't like any of the Fox news anchors, but I don't think they should be like subject to like sexual harassment in the workplace right. or like, that they should like uh, be subjected to any improprieties because they have, uh, you know, they have like bad opinions, um, or you know, more than bad opinions. They're bad people, but like that <laughs> yeah, they are. That, they are like, told to them. have. They are told to have bad opinions for a paycheck, <laughs> which is which is even more devastating than just being some alt right loser on Reddit that has no followers. Like it's like, oh no, I'm just I'm just it's just my job. Like I just spread hate for my job. Like I don't, I don't take it home with me. <laughs> oh yeah i mean they're 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 they're, they do deserve bad things to happen to them but that's not (laughs) that's not you know that's not one of them i mean we need to decent we need to fucking destroy the industry of corporate media for sure like on all fronts like it needs to be it needs to be uh what's the word i'm thinking of what's the opposite of uh conglomerate what's the opposite of a monolith uh, a bunch of small stations <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, i don't know i, guess, I don't know I what to call diversified it, but... it could be yeah diversified wanna... thank you that's exactly what i was trying to think of yeah especially like i mean i don't i've probably been a little different in your experience but since i had like i come from sacramento and i had a vaguely conservative upbringing like right after the george floyd like you know george floyd was murdered then la popped off that weekend and like i was just glued to twitter watching all of these firsthand accounts of the horrific shit that was happening in every you know city around the fucking country. And, and then you talk to somebody who's not on Twitter and isn't seeing all that stuff every day. And they're like, well, I saw there was looting on, on CNN and I don't like that. And you go, well, yeah, but you just saw like s- such an aggressive narrative that like, isn't what's actually happening. Like we need more actual people on the ground that are showing us what's happening in our country instead of, well, here's what we deemed worthy of a five minute segment today, you know, for our corporate sponsors. Like it's, it's a very, I think it's a very, very uh, devastating thing that we have in our country. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think like the, this, like these demonstrations against police and, and these protests against police have like exposed, like how many times you've heard like the phrase of, authorities say in a news article <laughs> and how right. close the relationship the the press has with law enforcement and right. how that's like almost never interrogated i i mean I, I remember that around like when like uh you know like you would read like hip-hop stuff it'd be like oh that like oh meek mill like violated his probation and the comments would be like meek fucking up again it's like well if you <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there go uh, meek <laughs> it's like i mean if you if you if you were to like look at the if you were to look at the case where it's like if he got arrested because like someone wanted to take a picture with him at tsa and he didn't want to <laughs> <laughs> like, they're like they're like come like, on meek you owe me this you're at the airport <laughs> why wouldn't you do and, this yeah and it's, and it's like it's not i mean <laughs> so this funny. is not it's 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 but like the you know the headline is like 
you know, like rapper arrested at airport. It's like famous black <laughs> rapper Meek Mills yeah. arrested at airport for be for beating up TSA or whatever yeah, it is. Beating up TSA, trying to get on the plane with a bomb. Like, <laughs> yeah, trying to you, sneak in a bomb. There's so there's so yeah. I mean, when you can think about like how much the cops lie, and then how much that how often that just gets like. uh how often that just gets retold in print without any without a second thought well the the best thing uh a friend of the show cody johnson on some more news a few weeks ago uh if people haven't seen that episode i I recommend checking out he does like an hour-long expose on the riots and it's incredible content but he had this he pulled like a bunch like i would say like 10 to 15 headlines from like major publications and they all use the same phrasing of looting comma violence is like protests erupt and looting comma violence which is you look at that and you go oh the looters are being violent and blah 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 all this stuff you go no there's looting but there's also violence and more often than not perpetrated by the police but they didn't have to say that in the headline they just said looting comma violence the word the word erupt um the word erupt and the word oh yeah well do are so are so coded because it 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 completely it, it completely absolves the police of instigating violence. Yes, which we have so, documented footage of all over the place. So uh, so, uh, so yeah, it's just like uh, more often than not, it's like police instigate violence, and which is what makes the protests violent. Yeah, because people, you know, have a fight or flight <laughs> response to violence. You know, because we're animals, and that's how we are. You know. That's how we are biologically wired. Uh, yeah. And then and then like there's like, oh, yeah, erupt when they say like erupt, like I, I have a picture. It's like it's like, oh, my God, what did like a chasm open in the street and a bunch of angry people jumped out and went, yeah, it's time to rise up and started banging on windows and stuff like no, like erupt happened when like police were like, all right, it's time to throw tear gas at all these people and let's see what happens. <laughs> it's, it's fucking wild, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it, you were in Chicago uh, when the 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 thick of that was going down, right? I mean, I I I cannot stress this enough that like I almost had to sleep in my car. Really? Um, yeah, I was going. So like, I went out. I went out just to get um to get like a a package from like my PO box. I went out to get a package, and it's on the other side of. It's on the other side of, um, I guess, the Chicago River. So the other side side of the Chicago River, and I'm driving, and it's like, I drive down one street, and the bridge is just lifted up. I drive down the next street. There's the bridge is lifted, so it's like I can't get to the other side because yeah. So they 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 um they lifted up the bridges that connect the south side to the north side. And they stopped CTA because CTA had been like overtaken by like Antifa. <laughs> that's, that's what the, that's the, their narrative, at least. That's the narrative. <laughs> it's like your train conductor is just like <laughs> choo choo, motherfucker. Warrior. Antifa's here. <laughs> like, we we gonna take all the trains. <laughs> like it's, it's just like yeah, it's like the Warriors gang with the Antifa, <laughs> and they've they've they're they're walking they're walking through the subway like trying to escape New York. They're banging uh, a pipe on the side of the, the wall, <laughs> making an echo like to be intimidating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like that's the that's the implication. So, and on and they they and they uh, install or institute a. a a curfew and right. uh, like 30 minutes before. So it's like, oh, they did that for you too. Yeah. They absolutely did that yeah, in LA too. So it's, so you have people who, whether you live on the North side or the South side, you can, you physically can't go home because there's no transportation and the bridges are up. And, but then there's also, you have this mandate to go home. And so it's, it was just a mess. I mean, it's, it's also it, worth it, it pointing no out. Sense. It's worth pointing out just everything you just described is what the scarecrow does in Batman Arkham Knight. Like <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> that's so like it's that super villain shit. It's like, oh, we've trapped everybody in the city and now like we can do the thing. We could do the bad. because <laughs> uh, yeah, we had yeah. that same shit. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So like I mean, I was just lucky. I was lucky that I was I was like 
I pushed back my I was like waiting to the last minute to like go get this package but like let's say I I go get my package <laughs> and then I try to drive back home and then like the bridges come up yeah like while you're just, on it while I'm, this is like you I become an action movie it. it's like yeah it's like I guess I have to like drive to a hotel in Indiana or something like, <laughs> like what I guess I don't li- I guess I don't live here anymore <laughs> it's like I cannot get back to my apartment Dude, I had we had a thing happen like that uh, to a lesser extent, but like it was because kind of, they shut down the metro here in L.A. also uh, during that time with also with the mandatory curfews being enacted like 45 minutes before, you know, or like being announced before they were enacted. And I was hanging out with my upstairs neighbor. We we're playing some poker. Uh, these uh, guys upstairs and he had uh, a girl over uh, like a girl he's dating and she was like, all right, well, I got to go home uh, like the, I don't know. They maybe he struck out or whatever. And I was like, well, the metros, they just closed the metros. So are you going to Uber? And she's like, no, I'll be fine. I was like, okay. And then like 20 minutes later, she texts my room or my neighbor and just goes, uh, I guess they closed the metro. Can I stay at your place tonight? <laughs> I was like, oh, well, like, I know he's a good dude, but like, what if that was a toxic environment that she was trying to escape and that she had nowhere to go because the metro shut down? Like, it was crazy. Yes, you're, yeah. Tr- like, not get, uh, shutting down public transit is always, with no notice is, is, uh, is really, I mean, it's psychotic. Especially, and I, I imagine that Chicago's public transit system is, I mean, LA's is pretty prominent, but like, it's a lot more vital there than it is here. Like a lot of people rely on it to do shit, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's how I would say it's probably how most people get around. Yeah, and it's like you know, in LA, it's like a thing of oh, most people have cars anyway, even though that's not necessarily true. But like that's the general vibe. But like in a city like Chicago, it's like oh my god, it's like uh, oh, also you can't go to uh, you can't go to any grocery stores anymore. It's just like taking away like one thing that you should be able to have access to at any given time. Yeah, I, yeah, they started closing grocery stores, um, or just like. Man, it's it's uh it's it's it was really it was a really dystopic situation. Absolutely. For... And and what was actually I don't remember I don't even know if I heard this. Did you how did you end up getting home that night? Did you or did you just like have to keep I driving just, around? I, I, luckily I I mean I just, I turned around. I I had driven out. I had driven out before when they started to uh when they had already when they already lifted the bridges up so I could just turn around. But I was just thinking I was like, man, if I left oh okay you were on you were still on your side of the bridge yeah i was on my side of the bridge but it's like wow i mean it just happened it just so happened that that was the case like i didn't i didn't get it i got a text message about the curfew but i didn't get a message about the bridges going up dude i and that we had like a bunch of a bunch of people were getting them every day for the curfews here but like i only got like one of the five like people were like oh you didn't see the text i was like no dude i didn't get it like and i got one of them for some reason but i didn't get the other four so i was just in the dark <laughs> like i had no idea but luckily you know all i do is sit on twitter so i did eventually hear about it but that shit of like the the, the raising of a bridge like that is very evocative of like being exiled from a castle at the whim of a king <laughs> like get on the other side of the moat you fucking peasant like get out of here i guess kind of got that it's a, vibe it's, a, sure. it's a literal moat yeah it's just like yeah it's a, yeah, we're like oh man they out here um, fucking up with the they're fucking with the serfdom again man that's all it is yeah i mean Lori Lori lightfoot is the mayor of chicago is such a it's such a cop it's such a police sympathizer <sighs> um and, you uh, love to see it. <laughs> it's 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 a, it's a very dispiriting. Yeah, I mean, uh, I did you uh, where you live in Chicago? Were you kind of caught up in any of the crazy shit that was going on, like in the thick of the the protesting, or were you like, were like, were you able, were you like swept up in it, or were you able to like keep like a, a distance? Because like in Hollywood, I mean, I- in, in Hollywood, some of my friends like literally couldn't like if they opened their door like too much they would have tear gas fumes coming in their apartment you know what i mean i never i i see i didn't have it that bad that's good i'm i mean i'm very close like i'm walking distance into the downtown area where i could walk to a protest pretty easily but i'm in a residential enough neighborhood um that no i haven't we actually did have we had a protest come up my block but it uh but it didn't it didn't like devolve into anything 
It was just probably, and I'm probably you probably had because you're in a similar neighborhood to where I'm at. Probably, uh, you probably got fireworks going on all the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I thought I thought leaving Chicago and coming to Philly would make it better, and it's actually even worse in Philly. Dude, that's the thing I'm starting to realize. Like, I thought it was just a no-ho thing because we've always had a little bit of fireworks because, you know, rascally kids and whatnot. But like, it's been incredibly consistent and and long running now. And then I'm starting to see like a bunch of people in other states are like talking about the same thing. I'm like, what is what is this a response to? Like, I can't I can't quite wrap my head around why we've got a sudden uptick. Is it just like general disruption? Like, I'm mad. So I want to go blow something up. Like, what do you think that is? I think that. I think that uh, because a lot of events have been canceled, the fireworks are on sale right now. <laughs> oh, shit. That's that's a very reasonable answer. <laughs> so I, I think that people are coming into the fireworks shop and they're just like, yeah, we'll give you anything. Like, we don't <laughs> like this was going to go to like the Mo- Montgomery County Fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all this shit that doesn't is not going to happen unless Trump gets his way. We need to reopen state fairs. Yeah, like this, the carny this, industry is tanking. <laughs> This was going to like intro like Shania Twain <laughs> and Gallagher <laughs> and, Ga- and Gallagher one <laughs> Gallagher 1.5 Gallagher 1.5 was going to come out to this ship. You could have it for like 20 bucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I feel I, like people are so bored now. They're figuring they're finding out about fireworks like white people are like, oh, yeah, we could have been doing fireworks this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think that there are a lot. They're out on the street because uh, uh, they're cheap. I think that I mean I I I don't I've heard that the government is behind it and I certainly don't doubt it. Yeah, I I heard some some murmurs of that too. That's one of those things that like I don't want to like fully stand because I don't know any information other than some people's tweets. So I'm like I don't know like I could believe that. It's kind of like the uh when they're like oh these cops are uh committing you know they're breaking windows and stuff in the riots to blame it on on looters and then people say like oh no the cops have to do that when there's a shattered window because it's a hazard to not clear the glass and i don't fucking know either way i don't know if that's a real thing and i've never bothered to look it up so i'm not gonna like go hard on the mat for that but it's it's not out of the realm of possibility no and and there there was video of boston pd kind of just laying out bricks there that was called oh, that shit yeah that shit i've seen too yeah that's wild and then like that's the kind of going back to the fucking diversity diversifying of uh of like media as an entity like that's shit that like you have to like be aware of to have a conversation about like defunding the police and stuff and like the, some of the shady ass tactics because no one no one's talking about that why would they ever bring that up on on major news you know yeah, um, yeah, it's or it's it's very, it's it's a very fuck situation with these fireworks. Uh, <laughs> I remember, do you remember? Do you remember when you lived in um, when you lived in Culver City? Yeah, and we we saw a guy driving a zamboni like a zamboni down the street. <laughs> yes, and I, I distinctly remember I cannot that. Stress enough, it was not street cleaning. It was not that. <laughs> Right. It was just a guy with street cleaning. It was not that if I'm not mistaken and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the Zamboni had underglow. (laughs) (laughs) I might be I might be wrong. I might be dressing it up in my memory. I think so. I think (laughs) so. I feel like it was was flashy. I I think it was like light blue, like neon (laughs) blue. Like he took it to X to the Z and he's like, yo, West Coast Customs going to hook up your Zambo. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I do yeah, remember that. It, it, uh, I just, I mean, I don't really have much more to add oh. to that. But <laughs> well, I was gonna ask. I was gonna just, ask. I, mean, I that, guess just that, like crazy, the crazy things that people in the neighborhood do. Yeah, just neighborhood shit, and like it's all just kind of like leading up to my final question here of the interview, which is: uh, Is it uh, impossible for you to write satire <laughs> right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because you write, are you still you're still working at the Onion, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, and so like I imagine like I see a lot of stuff. It's kind of like that whole like, you know, Reddit R slash not the onion stuff where it's like, how hard is it to think of something that's satirical in nature, but also not like pretty close to something that's actually happened? Like, does it seem hard to generate 
concepts for onion articles now or i, I what's your like how, what's your take on that i uh, i think for as far as like getting ahead of how crazy the news cycle is it's just um you know we we've had we've had luck where a uh you know, tr- Trump says something crazy and we heighten that. And then two weeks later, that becomes real news. Right, right. Yeah. You're like, you're like literally a predict. You're like, you're like that thing that predicts fucking outcomes of chess games or whatever. Right? <laughs> you got yeah, an algorithm so, going that's just going to predict Trump tweets. So, the, yeah, I think, I think uh, it, it kind of plays in our favor that the stuff that sounds absurd today will just be normal tomorrow. So I think yeah. there's that as, as, as far as, um, as far as difficulty it's tough from it's tough when especially working uh working from home these last couple months right it's tough when something like uh george floyd's killing happens and you have to kind of process that for yourself and then you you're you're writing jokes at the same time so i think from yeah that's that's kind of what i was think like kind of leaning towards yeah like that seems like it's it's hard to be funny when you're feeling all that. That's yeah, that's really tough. I think like re- finding st- finding um, entry points into jokes or finding ways to make something absurd into uh, into a headline is pretty. Uh, you know, that's pretty par for the course for me. But when I'm when my brain is just like completely preoccupied with something else. Yeah. And then I and then I have to I have to be tasked to focus with something. I'm just like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like I I that's why I like when you know right after, you know, the, the, I was like I have to do a podcast and I'm like I'm going to what am I gonna, what what am I going to say? Like I have like what I'm going to just yell into a microphone, which is what it ended up being. Um but like it's it's like I think I wrote my first like joke that was just a joke that wasn't anything political or social or about the government or anything. And it was because I took acid last night and I just wrote a really dumb joke about sucking my own dick. (laughs) (laughs) But then like, yeah, but then like in the morning, like uh, after my trip, like I still wrote like some really bleak, depressing shit. So I'm just like, okay, I finally was able to pop off and like have a moment of whimsy. And then it's just kind of back to the mental slog, especially for like, working in the onion where you like for your job you have to be inundated with the news cycle like like some people have the privileges of being able to dip out of that and not just like dwelling in it all day whereas you have to do it you know yeah that's that's a shitty part i mean it's yeah it's it's uh it's it's sometimes really it's this has been the toughest that it's been since i've since i've been working there i can imagine it was pretty tough when after i think in 2018 there were just a bunch of school shootings back to back to back to back right and that that was a very difficult that was a very difficult brainstorm to to try to think of uh of something that's funny and and how do i make school shootings funny (laughs) (laughs) what if what if porky pig was doing a school shooting is that funny (laughs) (laughs) like it's like you have to just go crazy to make it funny yeah, it's um that was really tough, but this has been yeah, I mean this has been the hardest to to uh kind of compartmentalize like what's going on and then also be funny about it. Yeah, I've been seeing like cuz like I I I you know, I peruse the social medias and I see headlines from like The Onion and from like Hard Times and all these like satire publications and I'm like that's a really good like headline, like I love that. I can't imagine what that person had to go through to get that, like, <laughs> like get to lock into something that's actually really like conscious and funny at the same time and like be able to do it. Like, I was just like so impressed with that all the time. So you're really doing the Lord's work because, uh, I don't know, you're, I, you're an essential worker is what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Not to take anything away from, you know, uh, nurses and, and grocery store employees and stuff, but the world needs clowns. I think people, I think we're, we're doing, I mean, I don't, I'm doing all right. Um, I think we're doing as a publication, we're doing some pretty good stuff right now. Um, I think we're going pretty strong and I, I, I hope that's, that's able to help people in some way. 
Yeah, man. I think so. I mean, like, you know, it's why it's why I've tried to at least keep one episode a week going of this show is like, cause I was doing two for a while and I was just like, I can't, I can't, I don't have the mental or emotional energy to do two, but I was just like, you know, hearing from somebody that's like, Oh, that episode actually really, uh, helped me with how I was feeling in quarantine or how I was feeling about this. Or like, I, I totally relate to that. Like having those moments is like why I'm like, Oh yeah. It's like people get something out of this. I'm not just, I'm, it sometimes feels like I'm just screaming into the void. Uh, but it's like, Oh, there is, there is, emotional weight and worth to what I'm doing. And I think with the onion, it's probably similar where you're like, I don't know, I'm just putting out content to the world and who knows if it's affecting anyone, but sometimes it is. And maybe you just don't know that all the time, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's a balance, you know, because you do have to, you know, yeah. Like yeah, you've taken a, a few weeks off and I'm just like, Oh, good. <laughs> exactly exactly like, I, like I, I have vacation this week i'm probably going to take some more time off uh in the next couple months more than i would usually but it's like yeah sometimes you just got to peace out yeah i feel that man well i wish you the best bud and uh if people want to read your shit they go to the onion.com right <laughs> go to the onion.com people can uh all of the stuff that I, I post um, or that I write outside of The Onion, uh, you can find on my Twitter, at um, Ronald Metellus. So you can check me out there. Yeah, check out Ron, everybody. He's hilarious. He's my best comedy boy. I miss you dearly. Uh, I'm going to stop recording for a second here, but then we're going to keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye.